Um, welcome to Black Talk Sacramento. This is episode number six, and um, we're going to start with our theme song. We got a we got a guest host today. Our guest host is guest Tony host. Harvey. Um, he is taking the place of Mary Shell Brown. Um, he couldn't be with us today, so we have our Antonio. guest host Tony Harvey. Antonio Harvey. Um, so um, let's get it started. So you want to start the, the theme song? I the, think Antonio got a groove. You got gonna, a groove. You're going to start the theme song. Let Give us a. Let me try this. I'll okay. Try it out. Several months to get this <laughs> locked down. And now, you know, throw me into the fire. Boom! 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 Sacramento. Sacramento. Black talk. Black talk. Black talk. Black talk. Raised, he was raised in Boston. He's a MC, a rapper. I don't know what they call him nowadays. Rapper, MC, um, whatever, <laughs> um, hip hopper. Uh, he was raised in Boston, Massachusetts, and now a resident of Sacramento, California. Paul Willis is a rapper, spoken word artist, educator, activist whose art reflects his life and his values. Paul has been writing rhymes for 15 years and strives to create thematic, thematic, thematic uh, pieces and give vivid descriptions of events based on his life experiences so we're gonna give you a little snippet of paul, paul willis Hart right willis. let's break now. it down They said these dreams won't get you far Well I disagree, looking past all Constellations picture me Omnipotent reflection, looking up in introspection Wonder if I'm headed in the right or wrong direction Asking if I'm happy, and should I reconsider Goals are only possible for those that ain't quit As far back as I remember, always been a great beginner Working on closure, bringing edges to the center Holes in my existence, father list, father figure Bad habits I'll never know, born a poor sinner Upon us, my thoughts swim in the sea of pictures Challenge creates change, so I conquer the discord Yes, I have rich friends and family that's pissed poor But I have broke friends and family that's rich or And character, love, and positive energy And they live coast to coast Growth is my centerpiece Change the four walls of my thoughts all right, that was Coast to Coast by Paul Willis. Paul Willis. Yes, that that's our feature artist for the good. day, so we're going to hear more from him later on. And um, so right now, before we go into our interviews, we're going we're gonna to do some news real quick. We're going to do Observer News. So Observer News. Observer News. Observer News. Observer news. <laughs> so what's in the Observer this week? The Observer for December 4th through 10th. We have a few good stories that you people out there... Black Talk Sacramento land would enjoy. Sacramento just sworn in two local legislators down at the state capitol last week. And uh-huh. Jim Cooper and Kevin McCarty, they were sworn into the legislature. As you know, they were victors in the November 2014 election, and they were officially kick off their legislative oh, season so they were sworn next in. month. Yes. Oh, really? But they don't so really start the next month. Uh, next year. Well, so they're in the job. Year. Next year, basically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, we, you know, these are the first two people of African descent around this area elected to serve down at the state capitol. So we do wish them well. All right. And do help us out. We need money. And also, uh, the Allen Chapel, AME. 
celebrated their 66th anniversary. You might want to read up on that story. Got okay. some really good and interesting photos from uh, one of our top photographers, down to the Observer in Ray Johnson. Okay. Also, uh, the local sports hall of fame is set for January 23rd at Thunder Valley Casino. One of the honorees is Mr. Greg Vaughn, who was a all-star former in the Major League Baseball, and he played for... They're going to have it at Thunder Valley? Thunder Valley. They have it there every year. This is the third year. Third year Kev, for what? Our Sacramento Mayor. Oh. Oh, that's what we had mentioned okay. earlier. Local Sports Hall of Fame. Is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Local Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, as I said, you know, Greg is the honoree this year. Matter of fact, Dusty Baker... Sacramento Mayor uh, Kevin Johnson, you know, his days of uh, Phoenix Suns and the NBA, they were inducted the last two years, and which is a good thing because, you know, this include a lot of uh, great athletes around this area. So, okay, mm-hmm. very cool. Very good. Yeah, I've been to uh, the last two, and I'm telling you, it's, it's, nice it's, it's a nice it event. A very nice event. I mean, you can ask Mother Rose. She's been there. Of course, she had to be there. Right, right, right. That was the first <laughs> Yes, one. yes, of and, course. Uh, you of course. know, uh, every year, they, you know, they pull out, pull out a selection of athletes around the area, okay. and they let the community vote on them. Crowdsourcing things. So is it like a, yeah, it is a banquet, dinner, dance? It's a banquet, thing? dinner, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, hey, it's a nice venue that they, they hold it at. Okay. They'll probably hold about four or 500 people. Right. I met some very interesting people here. Uh, hey, you know, I, I got to meet uh, Tony Lopez Tiger there, uh, Lorenzo Garza, another uh, world-class boxer from this area. Mm. He will be inducted along with Greg Vaughn as well. For this uh, third segment oh, wow. of Very this cool. of sports. Okay, hockey. so if you're a sports a sports fanatic, you can come out and watch. Can, can anybody come? Is there like a page? Yeah, I get you know. Is hey, tickets. They say tickets are on sale. You can go online. You know, visit www.sacsportshof.com and that will provide all the uh, ticket information. Okay, and I think it started. It started at seven o'clock. January 23rd, once again, Thunder Valley Casino. Okay, Thunder Valley. So we hope to see you there. I will be there. Always enjoy myself when I go there. And, okay. And I'll say it again. Is the, interesting. Is, so when you pay to get in, is the food free or? The food is free. All you can eat. He said all you can eat. Yes, but if you pay $50, you're going to want some free food. You okay. Yes. And also, I do want to mention also in our newspaper that we did cite uh, reference that the fact that Marion Berry, who was once the mayor and uh, city councilman in Washington, D.C., yes, passed, yes, away. passed away. Oh, really? Yes. Sure. Yes, oh, he passed he away. Yes, yes. Mary Berry. Marion Berry. And so, yeah. ah, I thought you was up on Man, that, let me huh? tell you, I'm, you know. I hear my news from you. Well, the that's most amazing I'm, thing that's about that's why I depend good, on you, Antonio. I, I depend on you for my news. That's a good thing, too. That's right. I right. appreciate it. You, you, you are BNN. <laughs> 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 Try to be that. But I'm glad uh, I'm here to inform you. But, yes, he did pass away. Okay. Uh-huh. And when he passed away, it was kind of controversial, too, because people were trying to, you know, in his passing, they were trying to slam him about the trying you know the cocaine thing and the whole the smoking the crack thing. Oh, really? But there was a lot of people that st- oh, held him up. I think I did hear about yeah, this. They held him up and they were telling you know even though he had his you know he fell short for a moment he took care of Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. They took care of the neighborhood. Yeah, just so because you're an addict don't mean you're it not don't functional. Mean that you can't do your job, right? Yeah, so, yeah. You know, and anyway, they set him up on that anyway. I mean. Was he doing well, wrong? It was, it was I'm a political, not condoning yeah, that. It was a political move. Yeah, yeah it, was it was a political definitely move. political. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they, was they set up. like, he's going to do what it was wrong. We're going to put this out there, you know, <laughs> saying. All right, so um, let's go on to other news. Other let's go news. On around. Um, so I, I found this very interesting study. I'm going to post this online on uh-huh. blacktalksacramento.com. It's called the Superhumanization and um, Bias. Yeah. So that's why cops, when they come, they roll up on a black 
man, like, you know, especially like with the case with um, um, Michael Brown, his when he was given his his testimony in front of the thing, he's like he thought he was a demon. He was like, yes. you know, that kind of yes. thing. Yeah. And this is what they were talking about, the super humor, humorization of, of black people. So white people see them as magical, as these beasts, as these other mm-hmm. things, that's other scary. than human beings. Sure. And that's the thing is like we are not cattle. We are not animals. We are not, not monsters. We, yeah, we are not lions and bears. Oh, my. We are. Human beings like Human everybody beings, else. Just like you, yeah. right? Yes. Yes, yes. If, yeah. you, if you choke us, we will die. That's so a good that point, though. I'm glad you brought that up, too, because that, be, that has to be some part of the police training where they're presenting to their cadets or whoever in the academy that, yeah, you look at these black folk as, as demons and monsters and stuff like that. If right. they make one move, even you beyond, take a shot even, at them. Even beyond what? their they, training they and stuff, you, we don't know where they come from and what their life is like. So they can be this. Be, they could have these feelings long before they get to the police. Department. Well, you know, a lot of you times, know. you know, we talked about this before, where the police officers they might have been raised in the suburbs, where they never or, really, or they, they never really have they access to black people, black exactly. And, they, and so they and don't they hear know. so much about us, you right, know, through right. the media. All you know is the stereotype, what you hear, right? And so when you go to their neighborhood and you see them acting like they because of poverty and everything nature, and you know it's hard out there on the streets, so you got to be ruthless, right? Mm, totally, right? So it's like when you don't have no job. So you don't have anything as nature. You don't have any food or anything. So you're gonna you're gonna resort to animalistic practices in order to get your keep your family fed. And and when they see this, they're like, oh, see, that's what I'm talking about. All those stereotypes is right, and it's not. And and you know, and then also too, the police officers often interact with the worst part of society. They don't really interact. With, right, right, exactly. They right, go into these low income areas. Right, they only called in when there's a problem. So they don't, they're not called in when you're having a pillow fight, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so, um, right, right. So, okay, Bill Cosby. Oh, okay, Bill, Bill Cosby. Cosby. Mm. Bill hey, Cosby. hey, hey. <laughs> what do you have to say about Bill Cosby? <laughs> wow. Well, all this stuff was coming up like three or four decades later. Well, I mean, at the same time, you know, I think he pissed they shoved off. it under. He pissed somebody off. Somewhere. He pissed somebody off. And like, you know, and he, and I he think he's been like, paying people off, and he's, yeah, he cut them off. Yeah, yeah. He and cut somebody like, off. Oh, we gonna yeah, pay, yeah, yeah, okay, you well, no I'm, you know, I'm going to go to CNN. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going go well, to go to started. It, well, this whole thing, for most that don't know, it started with a comedian telling a joke about Bill Cosby in this oh, situation. This is how it started. Oh, they and when no, no, I don't. It was some comedian in some club telling jokes, right? And he said this joke, and it included this situation with Bill Cosby years ago. And when he made that situation come to light, it just turned on all the lights, and so it just said for everybody, oh, okay, roaches, come out, come out, wherever you want. Then the light came on. And, and, and the thing about it is, um, you know, it's ironic because oh. Bill Cosby he shed light. And a lot of African-Americans are very upset about some of the things that he said about the community. The and voice though, you are hearing now right now is Barry Axius. He's our guest for today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to chime in on the Bill Cosby okay. joint. Um, and what he said, though it was probably true pertaining to some of the things that we need to do in our community, what I think a lot of the frustration with the black community is like, we need to keep our business in-house. Yeah, you don't it need a blast and you don't need to speak upon things and then on top of that speak upon things and not really do anything about it. So a lot of what's happening now, people are like, well, 
That's the side that you chose. Well, it wasn't, it right. wasn't what he said. It was how he said it. Well, uh, how he said it. It, 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 was, it was how not, he said it. Do not that, throw rocks you know. in a glass house. And exactly. so you, have to also, you have to also understand that Bill Cosby hadn't visited the neighborhood in a long time. Right. And so the only time that they hear from him is when he have to have when he has something negative to say. Right, and right. Now, when he criticizes always, somebody. Yeah, you always hear that no matter how bad you do in the black neighborhood, yeah. you could always go home. Yeah. Well, it's hard for Bill to come home now because, because the neighborhood you know, is right. You done burned all your bridges. Well, the whole thing about it, we don't want him home now. Well, you know, it's it's a lot of it's a whole different situation and, it's, and what the comedian brought out was a situation that a lot of people had already been talking about sure but, but what i do think is, yeah very quiet but i do think it's funny is first of all i know a lot of those women are coming up are lying that's one and oh, really? second all oh, yeah there's, you think they, i mean there's there's some truth i i'm sure to some but, yeah, but they're hearing others Stories they, exactly, and they embellishing on and their they're own. embellishing in those situation. But at the well, same time, I hope time, they wouldn't lie about something like well, that. Well, I mean, I think that. Um, well, karma. I I would hope that they wouldn't lie for the sake of karma, because karma doesn't just drop by. You invite it. So but if, if people you're going to go tell a lie, well, I <laughs> well, mean, you got to think about it. If, if I'm USA Today or if I'm CNN or if I'm Fox News, if I want to sell a story, sure. I'm going to get paid to tell my story. But well, see, at the same time, those people, paid. in reality, Somebody you got to think about something. Let's let's take the turn the whole table around for a second. I, as a person, how much do I dislike myself that I would put myself out there like that? Well, that's the thing. So it's you like got to, you, you got to, there even is though a, it might be funky and they might be making sword. up stories and stuff, I got to have some semblance of care about myself. Yeah. Why would I put myself out like that? Yes. Yeah. But this I mean, is the women, American way. women hold on to that kind of stuff well, for years. Well, I don't know how, I, mean, I would not slander forward. myself or put myself out as being somebody that was stupid enough to take a pill when I said I had a headache. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, and I end up with they, a Wait, wait, wait. They didn't say they had a headache. But you understand what I'm saying. He's like, here, drink this coffee. Exactly. But you understand what I'm trying to say? I, and at the same time, you got a 15-year-old girl and a 17-year-old girl hanging out at a Playboy club. Yeah. So now, when you walk up into that situation, first I got to look at the little girl and wonder, at 15 and 17 years old, what were you doing, were you doing What are you Playboy doing here? Club? Okay. Yeah. You know, so I have to look at that. But yeah. at the same time, I also got to listen to the fact that where there is like, smoke, well, well, most there's times there's Wait, 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 wait. Like my grandma said, they might have been fast, right? Okay, they might have been fast. fast. <laughs> they was fast. Uh, but... Just because you fast don't mean, don't mean that, somebody that you deserve rape you. somebody raping exactly. you. No, that's right. Exactly. That's what I mean, like I said, you know, because you can be promiscuous. There's no excuse, sure. but but that don't just because you promiscuous don't mean that I want everybody. You can be hey, flirtatious, you know, come and take it. Yeah, your personality. It's not, you know, well, I think that even even with even when if you're a prostitute, it's like you got to pay me first. You know what I'm saying? Truly. Well, I know one person that I think is definitely lying is Janice. Well, Janice is Janice is Janice is having problems. Janice Janice is is a star whose battery has died. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. She's trying to do what she for the recharge. Trying to be relevant again. But at the same time, I don't even know who y'all talking about right now. There's another lady that came on who was the one that was supposed to have talked. Uh, recently, and she was on CNN. And they were interviewing her. She was with that lo- that famous lawyer that's always chasing ambulances. I can't think of her name. Gloria Allred. <laughs> chasing ambulances. Allred. Yeah, Allred. And she was with her. Oh, you talking about the lawyer? And the lawyer. Okay. And so she comes she on TV with this lady, and this lady. While she's supposed to be talking, she can't stop looking at the ceiling while she's talking. Yeah. So my mother and folks, folks around me always said, if a person can't look at you when they're talking, something there, might be wrong there, in the story. Could be you know, I mean, because she never looked at the camera. Yeah. It could be it. But I'll tell you one thing. Gloria Allred don't crazy. take up those you know, cases unless she, she knows she's going to win. Maybe she got ADD or something. Well, you know the, another thing. Yeah, she got crazy. ADD. Right. Yeah, she definitely had huh, that. But the one thing that's also crazy, and I put this out on Facebook, and people, you know, they argue the fact. When Woody Allen had his oh, situation jump right. off, you know, his with thing his got situation, shut down real quick. it got shut down quicker than the Bill Cosby. Yeah, yeah. Some it got shut down argue, really say, no, quick. That the media kind of kept it going. The media didn't keep it going. Sure. It was like three but, weeks ago. Yeah, well, Woody like did end up marrying the girl that he adopted. And that's sure. what I'm saying. And then on top of that, he <laughs> made, <laughs> But see, you can't say that because you remember now, uh, what's the dude's <laughs> name? Morgan Freeman. 
Morgan Free Freeman had a thing where he was dealing with his he was dating he his goddaughter. That shut it down. That shut down real quick. But I'm talking about Woody Island was a little bit deeper than Morgan Freeman. I understand that. We talking about rape allegations. We talking about molestation. I understand that too. The same thing was going on with Morgan Freeman though. He was dating. Uh, he was dating the niece, the goddaughter. Who it's, 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 it's not right, but I think it's a totally different. Thing well, yeah, and that's reality. that's that's. I'm glad you said that because it doesn't matter whether you black or white. It's all wrong. No, oh, yeah. That's, when it comes to offending offending a woman that yeah. way, oh no, it's you wrong, shouldn't. Period. No, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, anytime you Bill yeah. Cosby, Joe underage violation, underage and and taking it by force is no. just wrong. That's that's not a well, violation. I was questioning Bill Cosby's card. Ain't you Bill Cosby? You should be cool enough that you don't have to play those games with folks. Yeah. But but that's my but thing. It's like even if you saw Bill Cosby you making that on TV. No, no, no. But if you making that that much money, right? You can buy yours. You can buy enough. Nanny, you want? But you tried to buy NBC one. You can buy. You like it became more for about ego. People control thing. It was control the whole nine yards. I'm Bill Cosby. I got jealous. Where's the fun in doing that though? It's like she can't respond. She can't do nothing. She just laying out. Wait, the fun that you put in pops. The fun that they have. (laughs) People are sick. People are sick nowadays. Like people have been sick for a while. Or maybe he got a he got a funky fetish, right? He got he he got yeah, raping, raping women. Allegedly, allegedly, no, but not just raping, but unconscious raping. It's like yes, yeah. I got a drug a woman to you know. Yeah, it's just not right. And they won't let him talk. Why do you think they won't let him talk? He's at an age right now they can't control his mouth, and that's what they said. (laughs) (laughs) They said they're not going to let Bill Cosby talk because he's a loose cannon right now, and they won't let him talk. Well, he was on he was on yeah he was on a NPR and they was asking questions to him but oh, yeah. he was like he didn't respond at no, all he didn't say nothing yeah. he's not gonna say nothing and he, now he's suing one of, now he's suing one of the girls exactly like, yeah. the, the one who said the, when she was 15 years well he old. recognizes the fact that less is more so the less I say the least amount of trouble I'm gonna be in, in but the, the thing the about it if you have done nothing I'm gonna sit there and say these women are lying yeah, that's just my take. Yeah. Well, you'll scream, really you'll say something. Then I'm not going to say anything like but Clinton. that. I know, I'll just make a statement here. I know this is Bill Cosby. <laughs> it's but so this sad, one guy though. who was so the sad. star, Mr. Huxtable. But the one guy who was starring on uh, what's but that? Seventh Heaven. It was TV. He's a child molester. The guy, uh, yeah, I know television series that came yeah. on WB of child molester. Who is they child got him on. They have him on tape talking yeah. about it. Exactly. Exactly. Case has kind of faded away itself as well. All right, it faded away quick. Yeah, very fast. Okay. All right, now, uh, but, they, you know, we'll come to Bill Cosby. Some stuff and, and okay. a seventh heaven I'm just going to ask a question because yeah. I'm going to be the devil up in the room. Would it be better if this thing about Bill Cosby faded away fast? Nah. Okay, I'm no, just no, asking. No, no, we're no, we're not talking about that. But I'm just asking. We're basically saying that, that there's something going on it's the, if it's in the going. white situation with the white young man, it faded away quicker than the Bill Cosby okay. thing. And there was actual evidence, regardless of what the wife did, the wife recorded him admitting to being... Sexual with minors. Okay. And well, you know what? The story is not as big as Bill Cosby. We know Bill Cosby is an icon, but was wrong is wrong regardless of whoever it is. Well, well sure. I, say, I say this. Bill Cosby, I think what, what really contributes to Bill Cosby's problems is that he has portrayed himself as... Child-friendly. Friendly guy. Child-friendly family guy. Right. Family guy. He has portrayed himself as these things. Cliff Huxtable. Right. He's Mr. Huxtable. So you being raped by Mr. Huxtable, right? That's that's not cool, man. That's not cool That's not cool. Got Michael Michael Brown grand jury. Mm. So that's what we're going to talk about right now. So... Um, last last month we was waiting for this decision and it then came down and now we got riots in the streets and things of nature in Ferguson mm-hmm. um, and across the country and they had an interesting thing um, on Democracy Now they was talking about how the police officers when they announced it they announced it, they announced the decision at night 
Right, they announced the decision at night, mm-hmm. and then all the police was around the good areas and left Ferguson open. So it it was almost deliberate. They knew what the people was going to do, and they just let them do it to their own neighborhood instead of them because a week before they was all in Ferguson trying to crack down on them, and now you're just going to back away from Ferguson and announce the decision, and you know we're going to get upset, and you're just going to and you're just going to let. Our town, our businesses, everything burned like that. That's that's not cool at all. Very sad situation. I mean, uh, on top of the looting and the rioting and burning of people' vehicles and stuff, you know, I mean, you, there's just more lives out there that's been wrecked. On they top have, of that. these people have nothing. You know, I can understand people uh, venting their frustration, but that's not the way you do it. No, that's no. Not, I mean, there's opportunists. You know, you can't, burn, you can't burn down. I mean, it's it's it's, in it's an history, opportunity. You burn down your neighborhood, nothing comes back. Yeah, you keep yeah. burning it down. But but see, comes but see, back. when you're in a neighborhood that don't have nothing in the first place. Yeah, but it's really their neighborhoods. That's the whole thing. Well, they don't they don't own well, the, they, they don't own the property. I mean, yeah, exactly, they don't own the property. Yeah. At the end of the day, and the way I look at it, it's like. What this whole situation is, is bigger than a Michael Brown situation. You know what I mean? I mean, what has happened is the reality, they played the the chess game. You know, mm-hmm. they knew exactly what was going to go down. They were trying to get Darren Wilson all figured out and where well, we how, put well, him down. Wait, and all that why is stuff. everything they so, okay, they shouldn't have been able to even have an answer that quick. I think that it's time to find a new way to respond. Then this way the cops couldn't have responded that way. Cops respond to situations based on history. They know that they knew automatically that you was going to burn it down, so that's why they did what they did. Oh, yeah. How come you didn't turn it around? Was and do, huh? It was planned. It was sure. planned. Sure, because but Absolutely. at the same time, but at the same time, it was justice premeditated. Scheme. Justice should have been served. <laughs> this is true. So this thing should have never happened. So if justice was really served, but you, we wouldn't have had nothing burned down. There would be no looting. There would be no protesting. Why, justice should have been but served. But in the process, my yeah, question is, there, there no along the way, why weren't there meetings as to, and in the community? There were meetings. There the were. No, 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 no. There was plenty of meetings. When I there say was, the there meetings, plenty of protests when I say the yeah, And they was actually protecting, some of, the, some of the activists was protecting stores. As much as they could. What about the meetings that were supposed to be for, just in case this comes back in a way that That's we what don't they did. want it? They did it. Yeah, they did it. But I think it was just a lot of outside split. agitators. Well, you have, yeah, you have you have opportunists, and then you have, and then you have provocateurs, mm-hmm. right? You have sure. people that's gonna. I'm telling you, this is not just a. This is three. And then some chess. people have said there's been some police officers that have been in the crowd. Well, they yeah. known to do oh, yeah, those are provocateurs. The, the yeah, you know? those are provocateurs. Mm-hmm. So you go, they be like, oh, and you know, jump this off. It's exactly. Just, well, you know how it is when you when you're a kid, right? Everybody get in the circle and there's a fight going on. There's somebody yeah. pushed the other guy to go. Exactly. Then it's on before the verdict. It was the conversation of uh, Darren was going to resign. It was the uh, um, the military, the what it was a state of emergency being called. All these things happened oh, ahead the national of time. Guards, yeah. National Guard being oh, yeah. called. Oh, yeah. uh, Darren Wilson oh, was going to resign. And they then was on preparing. top of that, the rumor mill came out of him actually having an interview after the fact, before the indictment even went down. Mm-hmm. So all these things was premeditated. They knew exactly what was going, and I think that right in itself made people more angry. But in the bottom line. I can't sit there, and so many people are focusing on the reaction. Let's focus on the action. And the action is, I don't care what anybody says, justice wasn't served. Wasn't I don't served. believe justice was served either. I mean, okay, let's, grand let's, jury move on, thing. let's move on to Eric Garner. Same situation. That's justice even worse. Definitely no, it's worse served. because there, there, was a, there was a video behind that <laughs> one. You can that, see was, that was outrageous. That was flat-out outrageous. That's even worse. These prosecutors are stepping into these courtrooms or wherever they're doing these uh, indi- interviews to get these people off. 
You're supposed no, no, to. They're on the same team. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You're working to get your man off. The prosecutor is supposed to prosecute. You're not supposed to play criminal defense attorney. They're on the same. I'm going to take it here so I don't have to go to court and have to deal with go to trial so I don't have to deal with this. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to play it this way. They gave immunity to the other officers and put the other guy on the stage. There was five officers. That was tackling, but the, the main officer they did not do anything, and the main, the main officer he has had already charges before with misconduct. Yeah. So they've already had some things that's happened prior. That's a miscarriage of justice. And so so now, what, what, you, what you think about boom. the apology? He gave, he gave his apology. Well, of course he's supposed to do that. Yeah. But, but of course Darren Williams is going to say Darren Wilson is going to say what he's going to say. DeMichael. But he's over there sitting there laughing with a beer right now watching football. <laughs> no, I mean, just, just being honest. It's true. He's, on, because he's going on with his life. Because when, even when it happened, when somebody had a videotape on it, he was just kind of laughing, laughing it off. I mean, well, he waved at the If you ask me, every single officer at that point, should have been prosecuted for negative. Yeah. Everyone, well. oh, yeah, everyone, because they held him down. As they and, held not, him down. and not only that, but when the but he was still alive, he died while he was inside. I the can't ambulance. breathe. He died when he was inside the ambulance. So they didn't know. They didn't know CPR. No, 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 no I no, can't no. breathe. I know, but they trained in CPR. Yeah, they, and then not only that, but the people that came in, the the EMS, they EMT, didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. They, they didn't just do put anything. them on the gurney, and they, they just like a slab of meat. Yeah, and it was very. It was business as usual. Yeah, yeah. Because but that's you, but that's the thing. It's like you cannot. That's why I was talking about the superhumanization. Is that you cannot murder a cow, right? You cannot murder a cow. So it's like if if you say, oh, that's murder. It's like no, it's not murder because he's not a human. Well, so that's that's the I, that's the whole idea. You cannot murder a pig, I, a chicken. I don't know if there's anything more clear yeah, than a, a cell phone everything. video that well, shows five six cops have, jumping a guy who's have, pleading for his life. 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 I can't breathe, yeah. and he dies because you won't let him up. Exactly. Okay, so now, now and he all, dies over a cigarette. <laughs> okay, we've all said that. So what happens? That's another. That's another thing. He said. He said, "Where's the where's these cigarettes that he's supposed to be selling?" Yeah, but what happens now? We this all has gone down. Change what the laws. Now? The justice what? system has to change. The laws change. change. Okay. Oh, 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 so, oh, so at the books. same time, we protest and everything like this here. But does so, everybody have? Does anyone have an actual plan to go forward to make this happen? Well, that's well, that's the. I that's think the a lot of people have okay. had and brought up plans, but it's about are the law enforcement ready to sit down and actually change those plans? Because if you think about it, as soon as that decision went down, they were talking about the cameras, and and um, I yeah. want to say that the body um, cameras. Obama put two hundred and sixty three mil, but as soon as he did that, guess what ended up happening? No indictment for Eric Gardner. So everyone's mm-hmm. like, that's not going to work. What, what, because if you have well, a camera showing a man getting killed and he's still you already no have indictment, a, you already have come film. on now. You yeah. already got film and that still don't work. Right, right. What so what, what's going to body camera going to do? Exactly. Right. What's a body camera going to do? If you got film, you got actual film. And, and the only guy that got prosecuted was the person that filmed it. Uh, oh, yeah, for another charge. He got indicted. For another charge. charge. Yeah. Well, that's that's incredible. incredible. That is okay. incredible. And that, but it was ironic how No, they hunted him down. Yeah, They hunted him down. Yeah, Because you could find something wrong with anybody. For sure. Yeah, you could you could look at somebody long enough, you find something wrong with them. Want to talk what about the 12-year-old in Cleveland? Yes. What, what, oh, what's the next um, plan? Um, what's the Tamir, plan to Tamir combat Rice. it again to keep it from happening? Okay, what do you the mean what the plan is? What I'm the, saying is this here. I think the, the, what's going to end up happening is Obama has to get out of the presidency and then probably will stop. Because this is an official attack on integrity of the American. So you're saying um, it's a knee jerk reaction to Obama? It's Ob- a knee jerk reaction. Because if you look at from 2010 all the way up to right now, it just spiked. 
as soon as 2012 happened, when Obama was reelected, it just seemed like the green light was on and there's been more and more black males. And we're not talking about just the vigilante killings. We're just talking about the cops. So there has to be something that at the end you of the day. You think that was a trigger? It's a trigger because it's almost like for us Africans, we have a we always specify on we have a black president, right? And now that we have a black president, we're like, you can't even protect us. You know, like these people are not even paying attention. They're well, even if you try to protect do. us, they're going to say, oh, he's trying to be exactly. take, he's trying to play the race card. So it's so it's it's a situation that what do we do now? I believe that the protesting, the rioting, is all needed because we have to wake up society. But, okay. We have to wake people up. But, but, but will we it also work? have to. I'm I not going to say that the, 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 we'll pay, the rioting is, is needed. Rioting is not needed. I mean, okay, but, so but people so, get hurt. Because we have dying, we're going to protest. We have... We're going to do it. We're going to do it the civilized that. way. How about people how about there that. comes a time when you put your money together? <laughs> Y'all laughing, but I'm serious. I'm no, serious. I get it because because it's got nothing to do with my black skin. How much money do I have? How much? What do I have to bring to the table? How many politicians do I have in my pocket? Well, that's this, what, is the, that's, this is the real deal. Hit, well, black folks need to organize them, for okay. sure. Well, that's what we I'm saying. Get, yeah. Because you, you can have protest to get the laws green off the face, books. And nothing's going to happen years. Mm-hmm. until you have some something that's of concrete to go to the table with. But I think a lot of people do. That's what I'm saying. They have to listen well, to Well, we what some need of to start are. trusting each other. But at the end of the day. We can't get nothing done if we're not trusting each other. But here's at the end of the day. What I'm saying, out of all this madness and all this chaos, I believe this is the best opportunity sure, for Sure, because us the Africans. whole world is watching. Exa- not only that, because they're paying attention to more than us. Because there's not a lot of Africans out there rioting and looting. It's a lot of others. So right now, what it needs sure. for us to do is to now start getting together and planning and saying, hey, this is a perfect time. Let's talk no one is and more paying action. attention. Mm-hmm. Let's so it's talk now time more for action. us to put our monies together and start nation building for real. This yeah, is a perfect but it's got to be it's got it's got to be less talk and more action. You got to put the you got to put the work in. Oh yeah, most you got to put the work in. Yeah. You know because a lot of what the people are seeing is they okay there they go again they marching again. But so that's what's what I'm saying. When the like, but you got to remember. But that's what I'm saying. Just wait for you to stop. It's a it's a nation marching. It's, like, it's sure. just not African American. But you also got to be careful that and you don't have that's the only problem. The that's street. the only problem with marching and die-ins and all this kind of stuff. At one some point you got to go home and 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 go back to work. Or go to school or go back to school. So. It's like so you only could do that for so long before, you know, before even then. I mean, even with Occupy, Wall Street, they, they came in there with bulldozers and bulled down their, their, their you know. But you know what? I think that stuff. this is a more sensitive issue, and I think there's more people involved in this, especially that was going on in, in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Right last night, I had people telling me and talking sure. to me and what's going on in but New York. But that's the same thing they, that happened with Occupy. No, 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 but it's even deeper because we have a center thing of where because you know the um, American system holds, plays this role because when you do Occupy Wall Street we're thinking about all the businessmen that are looting in Wall Street but at the same time right here we're seeing an injustice twice twice that no one got convicted so people are up in rage with everybody it, is, with yes. everything else from the Oscar grants from Trayvon Martin it's all just it's resonating all to make to sure. blow up bottled the spot bottom line well it's going to be it's more important know. that everybody's involved because more will get done My clock ticks since my birth. Can dreams wait for what they're worth? Code of silence, not violence first. Teach at work and seek at church. Word unlearned, sharing concerns. I carry hurt right here it burns. Fall from grace, fall and redeem. Picture me losing steam. Never the one that's gonna lose it. Vivid dreams, I'm feeling lucid. 
Listen to my elders too since Making moves to start movements Action speaks so watch me prove it So none can say I didn't choose this Being wounded makes us human And I am human through my music Now it's the five zero to five second So don't wait for tomorrow That was Paul Willis, and the track was Metronome. You can find his CD on Bandcamp.com. And it's titled Coast to Coast. Coast to Coast. All right, so our first guest we have on right now is Barry Axius. The first time that he was on our show was in September, and we was talking about, and this was was after the Michael Brown thing, and we, we had a very lively discussion. You can go back in the podcast and listen to that one. That was a very good podcast. Number three, right? That, yeah, it was number three. Yeah, yeah. it was number three. And um, um, chop, chop. And then, <laughs> and, then, um, um, and then now, so I'm going to read his little bio right here. Um, he is the co-founder and CEO of Voice of the Youth, VOI, a nonprofit organization which provides mentoring services to youth ages 11 to 25. He is a native of New York and was raised... Marin. Marin County. Marin, Marin thank County. you. Marin, Ca- Marin County, California. Um, yes, I'm hooked on phonics. And now lives a, <laughs> as a single father, his teenage daughter. Mr. Axius is currently pursuing a degree in early childhood education and hospitality um, management, first on the show in September t- 2014. So, so now I Barry, got my degree. Put your hands together yeah, for Barry. Barry. Right. <laughs> so I got my degree. Oh, oh we got yeah, to update. We got to update. Okay. I got my degree in culinary, still okay. working on the uh, child development. My daughter's no longer a teenager. She's uh-huh. an adult, 18, sack high. No, from sack high to sack state, okay. freshman year in college. So, sack you know, state. A lot of things right, going very on. Good. A lot of things like happen. those sex state people. Right, right, of course, right, I graduated right. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. very yeah, good. Yes, good yes, yes. Great. All right, so um, um, we are going to talk about because you had two town hall meetings. Yes, sir. Um, after the the first Michael Brown um, incident, after yeah. the Michael Brown incident. So yes, tell us how those town hall meetings because you had the police officers was a part of it. Yeah. So first, tell us how that went down, and then we get into the more current stuff. Okay. Well, um, the first, I think, the first one. Um, that we had over at the Urban League, I think that it was organized and it was a lot of passion behind it. I mean, a lot of the stuff was pretty fresh. The um, one town hall meeting they had at Guild Theater, I think the motivation was to kind of get the people to speak a little bit. Not too many people was able to speak at the Guild Theater one, so we wanted to get one for the people. And I believe that the first one in Urban League, it it worked. It worked, and um, our design was to have the people be able to talk to the police officers so we can all get on a common ground to figure out what do we do. We don't want to have a Ferguson, but we also know in Sacramento there are issues here and how can we build this relationship between you know the fellow citizens and the police officers. So I felt we were on a good start with that, but I think that on our second one, I, we kind of detoured and there was more egos involved and, and less about the people in certain things. And I think we were missing the point where we were trying to find the exact same formula when in this next round we needed to be more about solution-based, more youth-orientated, and less police telling us the same thing that they told us in the first one. Mm. So that's Well, they that's have that talking take. points, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I think that um, a lot of it, with all that's going on right now, especially with uh, – um, conversation that Kevin Johnson had and basically when Kevin Johnson spoke out and then uh, the police department kind of oh, yeah, speaking yeah. and saying that what Kevin Johnson was saying was pretty much disrespectful. I think that to me 
it slaps a lot of the people who organize those forms in the face because if you really are um, saying to us as a community that you want to really change certain things, why are you sitting there airing out Kevin Johnson when in reality you know, regardless of how it b- breaks out, that that thing that happened with Mike Brown was wrong. Mm-hmm. It was it was a travesty and justice. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no justice being served. So really in the reality, how much of you guys – were there to really make a change mm. or were there just to play the game. So that's kind of where it was. And I think in the second one, the police were avoiding all of our questions. They did not want to stick and focus on the actual questions, the hard-hitting questions that our community wanted to hear. Mm. And I don't feel like um, the second one got as much done and more prepared. I think people left out a lot more frustrated. Mm. And then here you go with the indictment. And then here you go with the Eric Gardner had those um, conversations and all the forms out of Sacramento had been more of an influence to the people. I think that you would have saw Sacramento kind of stand up a little bit saying, you know what, we're not going to follow the trend of the other people in the states because we have this good relationship with our law enforcement. We're going to kind of fall back. But they were just as heated, just as uh, mad and say, you know what, we're not getting things done with our police force, not looting, but out there protesting. Right. Talk a little bit more about the youth end of it, because you and I talked about yes, this, Barry, sir. that they don't get an, enough attention mm-hmm. when it comes to these type of forums. And, of course, you know, I'm working on a story right now where, you know, they just the kids come out. They just think they're a prop for, the, you know, the media, the television, the print, yeah. you know, to get or a politician to get their names and faces in the yeah. paper and stuff. So talk a little bit about how they really feel it, because you deal with them yeah. a lot more than. Probably any of us here. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, I have my mentor leadership program, and I'm going to be having actually an event December 14th called Striving for Greatness with a bunch of youth. And our whole um, idea is to make sure that we stay focused on the positive things, even in these negative times. But with our youth, we had a lot of youth participating in the first one. The thing about it, a lot of people were saying that the youth should have been on the form, but I didn't think that, it, especially in the first one, it was needed, maybe in the second one. But sometimes we always talk about our youth, but if our youth are not understanding how to articulate what they feel they need to say to the police, it just becomes open <coughs> rhetoric. You know, there's things that the youth have in their heart and their mind, but they're not those certain things that they know and they need to know within law that they want to change. Their frustration is the attitude that the police have towards them. They don't really know initially how to um, assimilate what they want from what they think they need. So I think they have to find a way not to be so emotional. Exactly. And get the message. Not only that, but at the same time, know what certain barriers, because, see, this is what comes into the the fact that we as adults are important. A lot of the people that were on um, trying to figure out certain things, what we need from the police. These are our grievances. These are what the things we want to change. We talked about we want random drug testing. The police aren't randomly drug tested. They're not tested for steroids. Mm. You know what I mean? We want more cultural development classes or uh, workshop shop trainings, and the police don't have that. They do it their one time, and that's it. So we also were talking about having police having to come into the community and the community spokespeople, whoever that may be in the community, having to see if that police officer or those policemen were a good fit in the community. Youth are not going to be able to um, say that. Some may, but in a joint effort they won't be able to say that and on top of that as well the most important thing that we have to understand with our youth when people say there's certain youth weren't here certain youth weren't there you have youth doing things every day you have them playing basketball you have them playing football and at a time where we're doing a lot of our uh, meetings that's in the height of football season 
So either youth are cheerleading, youth are playing football, or playing some other sport. Yeah, some so, kind of activity. Exactly, so many activities. So I think hindsight being 2020, the best work we could have done is actually have the form during a school period because it's that important. Mm. And like then an they would have been able to have more youth to present because there were some youth, especially in the first one. But then, again, like I said, it dwindled down. But I say that's the fault of you know, us being the people that were putting the, the, the whole platform together mm-hmm. that we weren't on our, the, the level that we needed to be as far as communication. I think things just got out of hand on certain levels. So that would put that on us. But as far as what our youth needs to do, our youth needs to make sure that their voice is being heard. But how are they going to project that voice and what are the needs and services are they going to say to their community and the police? Mm-hmm. Sure. Excellent. Yeah. Saying, like I said, We're talking about solutions. It's here. Not what they say; it's how they say it, mm-hmm. and it's got to be. If, even if it's a rehearsal, where you bring these people in and teach them how to say what they need to say, we need to start. Saying, you have a mock. You can sure, have a mock, you have a mock like you have yeah. mock trials when you go to yeah. school for mm-hmm. law. We're going to go and speak in front of a panel today. Yeah. This is what we need to re- re- work on. Mm-hmm. You know, but I believe a lot of stuff. We need to bring more community centers into the neighborhoods. You know, like uh, the boys' club, the girls' club used to play a big part in the neighborhood. Yeah. Okay. The church as well. The churches as well. So we need to reach out and, and start bringing it in. We need to start as, as parents telling our kids, you know what? My mother used to tell me, boy, when you walk out the house, you be careful because you don't know who I know. You hear that mm-hmm. so many times. Okay? You don't <laughs> yeah. know who that's I true. know. Yeah, yeah. So we have that's, to go back that's and That's anime, read. boy. That's what you're talking about. You're talking about going back to that village movement. You need to go yes. back to the You village. go back to that village yes. movement. And that's mm-hmm. the type of thing that we It needs we, to be back. We, we um, In my program, we promote. We promote the village movement. That's why I have this project and program called MOB, Motivating Other Brothers. It not only brings young men in together, it also brings the elder statements. So we bring OGs. Young G's, middle level G's, and 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 the but Y G's all together in one form discussing the issues that they are dealing with as of right now. Okay, the YG's. And, and which is good, but they also like have to be taught how to deal with people. That's what that, well, that's what how it you is. go out in the street and you deal because we, we don't Socialize. always just deal with respect. Well, that's mm-hmm. the whole thing about it. I think when you get all those different ages and uh, demographics, mm-hmm. you start learning how to deal with that. Because once you start learning that, you can go ahead and project that same thing that you learn. It's a taught behavior. I believe that what we need to do as we talk about different community centers, we need to focus on what we need with education in the school system. Because that's where our kids spend most of the time. Mm-hmm. And if the police officers really want to make a huge difference, they have to blend into the poli- um, into the educational system well, to make know, sure that, that, that they kind of do something to deter the relationship. Because right now, the relationship relationship is at a all time mistrust. Well the, the the thing is that I don't think that police officers want to make a difference and that's that's the issue is that we as the citizens of whom they patrolling mm-hmm. right we have to force them to to act right. But even know. but even before listen, listen because they don't be, want to make it they want status quo. They want status quo. They just want can we be honest? Well, they want to be check. honest on this one. What you gonna say? Long before it's a job. We can't be depending we can't we can't send our kids out there with the mindset that they can do what the hell they want to do in the street and not think there's gonna be no reaction to it. No, we have to start raising our kids again the way they're supposed to be raised. Let them know this is what's going down in the street. You need to know that you need to act a certain way. But you know, I, I, you I, wait, brother. wait, hold on. No, no. I'm teaching in school right now. I right. teach in school right now. <laughs> okay. There's little kids in my class, and our kids are in the school. The teacher says something. The kids are cussing the teacher out. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. That has to stop. Okay. It has to stop at home. Where is that going to be? But that's we, what I'm okay. saying. There's nobody at home to teach them that. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. And in this instance, if you, if you we're talking right now, we're talking right now, when a police officer 
like Darren Wilson was okay. met with mm-hmm. this Hulk, as he called Mike Brown. The demon. The, the demon, man. That point in time is where he starts using his protect and now he's serve. serve. <laughs> I'm going to serve you. You get up. what I'm talking about? There is no, no I'm protecting no, no, no. myself There's and no I'm serving because you. Because here's the thing about it. I've watched police officers, how they agitate. I've watched police mm-hmm. officers, how they communicate with our children in Sacramento, mm-hmm. where they have been disrespectful, bluntly rude, yeah. and they have been overly aggressive. So at the same time, we can say all these things about what we need to do to teach our kids something, but no young kid deserves unarmed to be killed like a dog. So, okay, so tell us, before you go, um, tell us where, do you have a website or how people can contact uh, you? It is www.voiceoftheyouth.com, and then Facebook, it's Voice of the Youth, spelled out all together with one, and Instagram at Team Voy, and Barry Axius, B-E-R-R-Y-A-C-C-I-U-S, on Twitter. I'm very heavy on Facebook. I'm very heavy on Instagram. I just can't get that Twitter thing going. It's yeah, just Twitter a lot is of hard. Stuff going it's a on, big you know? learning curve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, Actually, I mess with that, hard. and I think it's very effective. No, it is. I did, but it's just oh, I, Twitter I, is the maybe you can give me some tutoring lessons. Give me some cookies. And you know what? I need you to come to the striving for greatness because I got I got Rock Nation's very own Sacramento's own Trackmatic. He just got signed to Rock Nation. He's going to be out there. I got what date is that? This is on Sunday, the 14th. Rock Nation is uh, Jay Z's uh, uh, oh, uh, label. Label. Okay. In Oklahoma, see what, what time it starts. Um, eleven thirty to four thirty. Okay. I got Sam Williams from the Oakland Raiders coming down. Okay. I got my brother James West, you know, African conscious brother, speaking. And then I also have Luke Taylor, of course, local Luke Taylor. Okay. The next big thing. Yeah. You know, the yeah. next big yeah. thing, Luke, yeah. Taylor. Yeah. Luke Taylor. And, of course, I have myself. And we have a whole bunch of youth. It's going to be beautiful. So put your hands together for Barry Axis. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Check him out online. Yes, Facebook. Facebook. And Instagram. It's about, it's about what you're choosing to do with this time that you have here on this earth. In my verse, I talk about how I choose to live my life. My clock ticks since my birth. Can dreams wait for what they're worth? Code of silence, not violence first. Teach at work and seek at church. Word unlearned, sharing concerns. I carry hurt right here it burns. Fall from grace, fall and redeem. Picture me losing steam, never the one that's gonna lose it. Vivid dreams are feeling lucid. Listen to my elders two cents. Making moves to start movements. Action speaks to watch me prove it. So none can say I didn't choose this. Being wounded makes us human. And I am human through my music. Now is the five zero to five second. So don't wait for tomorrow. Most of the time wasted by waiting, procrastination. That was that was Paul Willis once more. All right, nice. so we are now we at our second segment, and who do we have here? Our next guest is Miss Lisa Daniels, the co-founder of Unsung, Unsung Heroes Living History Project. Unsung Heroes Living History Project aims to collect and preserve stories of African American veterans and their families. This oral history was founded in 2000 by Miss Daniels, who, after discovering her mother, Rosie, was a riveter, had difficulty finding information about the African-American oh, wow. experience in the U.S. military. In addition to Rosie. finding obscure data, Miss Daniels focused on <laughs> recording stories of underrepresented veterans for the Library of Congress archives. Now, also, Miss Daniels was one of five honorees to receive awards at the 2014 Summit Bridging Gaps, Breaking Barriers, 
which was hosted by the California Department of Veteran Affairs last summer. I did attend that event. (laughs) Each recipient demonstrated exemplary commitment and passion serving California veterans. Daniel received the California Outstanding Volunteer Award. Everybody, Miss Lisa Daniels. Oh. Mr. Daniels. My friend. My Welcome, buddy. Ms. Daniels. Thank you for having me. Black How you doing, Lisa? Mm-hmm. Welcome. All right. Thank you yeah. very much. Great to be here. Yes. So, uh, Lisa, you know, there's so many things that we could talk about, but let's, let's talk about this very interesting thing that you, what, co-founded almost 15 years ago, the Unsung Heroes Living History Project. How did that come about? I uh, used to live in the Bay Area many moons ago, and it was a, it started from a creative writing class, and I had to do a biography on someone I knew, but find something that I did not know about them. So my grandmother raised me, and I knew I had to do the, the biography about her, and so we talked, and she said, oh, well, did I mention that I used to be a tech welder and a blueprint reader for the Franklin, on the Franklin Roosevelt? <laughs> no, you did not. Okay. So we uh, had a long talk. She lived in Fresno at the time, and we talked about how uh, she's a first-generation American, and she had told me about how my great-grandfather refused to sign papers for her to be a nurse. My great-grandmother had died at the time, and he wanted her to to raise her brothers and help him with the house. So she was like, okay. So the next thing you know, she found an opportunity to be a tack welder and blueprint reader on the Franklin Roosevelt, and she asked him about that opportunity, and he said no. She forged his name, and the rest is history. Oh, she oh. left town. Interesting. So, yes. so she went to Brooklyn Naval Yard, and uh, she met many people, and she was actually a supervisor. So that was unheard of at that time. So she actually had a little group of men that she worked with, and she talked wow. about her time seeing the uh, Mighty Missouri christened. Yeah. She talked about the 30-day victory ships and why they were called 30-day Victory ships because okay. they built in 30 days and they fell apart in 30 days. Wow. <laughs> and they fell apart in 30 days. Wow. So wait, wait, wait. Go back for a minute. What did, what did her father finally say about the fact that she had ran off and become? He couldn't say anything. She was already signed up and working. He just didn't want a working woman in the house. Oh, wow. Okay. So the work that she did on the Franklin Roosevelt led her to be one of the first women of color and women uh, organizers in the retail industry in, in New York. That's a great story. So Very after hearing all of that, I just was thirsting for more and to find out more information about the African-American military experience. And at that time, I was focusing on those who participated in the World Wars. Okay. So going to school, I told you I can still research. And at that time, they had BBSs. And I said, okay, well, I'll go put out a, a request for firsthand narratives of World War veterans and their families. So that was 2000. My grandmother passed away in 2000. So mm-hmm. this was an homage to her. So fast forward to 2003, I received an email from a Vietnam veteran who told me about his father who participated on the, on, on the Battle of Normandy, and he was a paratrooper. Mm-hmm. So you don't hear about African Americans participating on uh, going on Normandy. Or jumping out of airplanes Exactly. So she he So he decided he wanted to pitch that story to Oprah, and she said no. So Oprah said no. Oprah said no. Okay. So then he decided he has to pitch the story to uh, Spike Lee. He said no, and that was before Miracle at St. Anna. So in essence, I was his last chance, if you will. So I, I was more than happy and honored to do that. He had sent photos and docu- copies of documents and pictures, and his dad was dying. And he found out, and his father was like, somebody really cares about what I did. Mm. So I scrapped the book project and made an oral history project. My undergraduate, uh, undergraduate degree was in radio television from San Francisco State. 
I figured I would pay it forward and teach you the documentary process. Oh, wow. Very cool. Very good. Now, over these, you know, these last 14 years, how have that, you know, been coming together, you know, the development? I know you're really busy with it. You had a couple of events back in the spring that it, it's very exhilarating. It's a it's a homage. It's a labor of love. There's so many things I could say to describe the project. But we've had uh, I've met the first navigator in the Navy for World War II, and lo- they're local. I met and yeah, and I met the, one of the first uh, uh, women of the Six Triple Eight Postal Battalion. They were a group of nurses who they wouldn't let go overseas in World War II because of the color of their skin. Yeah. Eisenhower said, "Oh, we have mail backed up, so we'll just have." that we need some some warm bodies to go and deliver the mail. So those nurses became mail persons. Wow. Hmm. So we so we have some and they're local. Some of those mm-hmm. members are local. And so you just just to hear the stories and and it's everyday people, you know, mm-hmm. people you see on the street who do not even, even think who don't even unsung as, heroes yeah, as you ex- say. Exactly. Yes. That's why we named it unsung heroes. It's exhilarating. We've moved also have a, expanded the project to Fresno so we now have uh, we have youth working in Fresno now on documentaries now. So, so are, are all the documentaries that they work on, are they all military-based? They're all military-based. It's either veterans or their family members, descendants. Okay. So we even had descendants so, from so Spanish. So where, where are y'all sending, like, to independent lens, or what are y'all sending the documentaries? Or? We're, making, we're actually going to make – we're sending it to the Library of Congress, but we're actually also making a documentary to celebrate 10, year, to celebrate 10 years of Unsung Heroes being a nonprofit. So okay. that's what we're doing right now, and we're going to celebrate the 10-year the anniversary in July, and we're going to have an event at the Brick House Gallery and Art Complex right here in Oak Park. Yay, yay. Yay, yay. And we're going to have a fabulous month-long event, mixed media. We're going to have interview sessions. We're going to have author Very discussions. Cool. We're going to have some of the veterans panels. They are some of the world's World War II veterans, some of the members okay. of Triple Nickels. We're going to really make it big. Triple Nickels? You, what's yeah. Triple oh, Nickels you call me? That's an interesting one, the Triple Nickels. Triple, I just found out about this. Yeah, Triple Nickels, that was a, they were the um, uh, the bomb. They were like the, a parachute. Bomb, the parachuters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Triple Nickels. The Triple Nickels, they call it the 555s, so there's Triple Nickels. Wow. Ah. You know, we always hear about, you know, the Tuskegee Airmen, uh, yeah. The Buffalo Soldiers and stuff, but there are other uh, factions of uh, the military service that we're overlooking right now. Yeah, the that's one thing I like about your with the Harlan Hellfighters. You know, yes. I, I had a mm-hmm. chance to go to New York a couple of years ago. And Was this the Red Ball Ballers? The uh, Red Ball Express. Red Ball Express. And then of course the Port Port Mutant, uh, Port Chicago Mutiny, right here in the Bay Area, where. There was a, a group of African Americans who were responsible for for dealing with munitions, and they were uh, treated hard, under harsh circumstances. They weren't tre- they weren't allowed safety precautions, and so one day in Port Chicago, right by Concord, the, it blew up, mm-hmm. and they were tried because they refused to deal with such unsafe conditions. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of rich history in the military that we're not seeing in mainstream media in the history books. Even when they do the uh, commemorative uh, books, like the, I was in, in uh, rallies a couple of weeks ago, and they had a book about Vietnam. Like time Life or something. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. On Vietnam. Oh, I didn't see anybody of color there. I mm. saw white people and Vietnamese people. There was nothing talking about the African-American experience in the military. So that's why Unsung Heroes is so important, because we need to have our history Document. preserved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, very uh, true. Another thing that you know that attracted me, you know, to your nonprofit is is how you like to reference with 
women have yeah. done in the military service. And that's so important, especially African-American women, because the last one, the first one that you did back in March, I met some people, they, the first of, of certain branches or some certain uh, unit or, 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 or a platoon or something like that. How important that is to you to, you know, reference what women do in the military service. It is very important because that's where it started for me. Because, well, I guess my grand my grandmother was uh, was she was a, she was a civilian riveter. You know, it was her impetus to join and do something for for the for her the cause she believed in. And there was other women that did those phenomenal things too. You know, there were women in the Coast Guard, women in the Air Force. There, one of the women that we had at the event in March to celebrate Women's History Month. She was a pilot. She's active, but she's a pilot. Wow. You know, and Women and girls, they need to see that. Yes, they do. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of times it's, it's targeted males. So that's why we had two events, one in February to honor African-American male veterans mm-hmm. and in right. March to honor African-American female veterans. Mm-hmm. So it is very important to know that women had a very rich history in yeah, the military. And the, lift, and the lifts they went to to serve. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, like, you know. Forging somebody's name, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wait, 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 <laughs> that's a, she that's a serious. She was in the Brooklyn, Na- uh, Brooklyn, so she was at Brooklyn Naval Yard. Okay, New York. Wow, she was a no, riveter. Lisa, Very cool. I, at that event, I also met for the first time in my life Rose a female riveter. pilot. Mm. What was her name again? Uh, Lauren Jonakin. Yeah, what was her ranking? Uh, lieutenant or a captain? She's a captain. She's a captain. And this is a black uh, woman, mm-hmm. and she brought I, her flight suit too. And she brought a flight suit too. I've never. What you know. year was she? What, what year was that for her? She's active, so I think she. Oh, she's I'm, currently she's active. active. She's down she's at Travis active. Air Force Base. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. she's right. active. She's right up the road. So hey, right on. so I wanted to have a mix of you know then and now, then and now exactly. But Very a lot cool. of Air Force was represented that day. But mm-hmm. we did have you know we did have Army and Navy in the audience. So the woman that you met, she was she was from the Six Triple Eight Postal Battalion, and she was one of the first members of the Women's Army Air Corps. So that was way before the wax. The, the WAAC was before mm-hmm. the wax. Mm-hmm. So what is a wax? They, wax they call it, they call yeah, I did a story on that. Women's wax. Yeah, Women's yes. Army Corps. Mm-hmm. Was a lot right. of acronyms. This is back in the forties. This is right before, uh, okay. right after World War One. Mm-hmm. I mean, two. Was, excuse me. Okay. And she's ninety four. Oh, mm-hmm. we, we had a gentleman from the uh, Red Ball Express. Mm-hmm. He was ninety four. He was at the uh, event in February. And what is a Red Ball? <laughs> the, red, the Red Ball Express. Well, they had to like she said. You know, somebody has to bring it. Somebody has to bring in. Because he's, uh, he's the, the, the ammunition right. for these guys to fight, and they have to get to enemy lines, and they got to go through crazy stuff to get there. Oh. So they, you know, I, I'm, yeah. So but this is just something I watch. You know, yeah. like uh, Frank Sinatra was in a movie uh, back in '60 that talked about you know what the Red Ball Express does, and, and it was like you know they had to get things to okay the people so it's they like could have delivery. enough ammunition yeah. to keep right. fighting. Sometimes they even had to go over enemy lines to wow. get it to the people who yeah. over there because they can need ammunition. Any yeah, it was a serious. I mean, it that's, was a serious that's very shit. serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So wow. a lot of times Hollywood actually uh, whitewashes that stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I said, this was Frank Sinatra. You said Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a serious whitewash. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. I mean, they made it look good, though. You know, it's like there was gangbusters yeah. coming over there. Nobody could be stopped. Yeah, right, right. But well, that's what it's And also is, right so. now I'm doing a continuous book list, so that will be available, too, where it's like a suggested reading list of not only books that were written about the African-American experience in the military, but also, you know, scholarly peer-reviewed articles as well. So, do you have it, videos and stuff that people can see? Are, you, are they making documentaries? And we're gonna make. A, we're, they're making documentaries, but we're okay. gonna make right now. We're gonna make a full documentary too. Right. Mm-hmm. So, y'all been doing snippets or like mm-hmm. mm, 
So do y'all put them on YouTube or yeah, anything so like that? Or? Is anything available on YouTube? I would put anything on YouTube yet. As uh, as Antonio knows, I'm very protective of very, the project. Because, uh, very. Because it's kind of like Graham also uh, taught me about Little Red Hen. Uh, What's the little red hand? Story about the little red hand who nobody wanted to help her make the bread, but when the bread was done, yeah, everybody, everybody was to take credit. <laughs> okay. And trust me, some like this, uh, you know, this particular project, everybody would want to, you know, do their little knockoff version uh-huh. of it, you know? Okay. So, 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 so when it's complete, that's when you do exactly, all your stuff and go do. Okay. Exactly. So there's very no good. website for it, but okay. we do have a Facebook page, which, yes. is, is, yes. which is very active. So do you accept funding or do people want to Well, it is a nonprofit. Tell it's a nonprofit. We do accept funding. We take Square. We do PayPal. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, also with the, uh, with the event coming up in July, we have sponsorship opportunities where you can actually not only – Sponsor under help underwrite the entire exhibit, but also say that there's there's a part of the exhibit that you want to fund or one piece that you want to fund. Mm. That's also available. Oh, as very well. cool. So you can you know you yeah, exactly like, you can fund a la carte. You can have a little piece of the pie. <laughs> right. Right. You can have whipped cream, exactly. or you can have exactly. Yeah, you can yeah, have okay. the cherry, yeah, or you, you can have the big steak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However you want it. Okay. Very good. I like that funding a la carte. That's new. That's very good. Just yeah. real quickly, though, because we talked about this before we went on the air. Lisa has been in communications, uh, working at radio stations, television stations, I suppose. T- tell us a little bit about that. Oh, wow. I started off uh, I was when I was at Chabot College in Hayward. Um, I was a mass communications major, and that's why I had to write that biography. It was creative writing class, so mm-hmm. that's where it started. Um, I got received my undergraduate degree from San Francisco, Unis- uh, San Francisco State University, Gator Pride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and after I graduated, I came to Sacramento, and I was a morning show producer for KFBK Radio. All right. I produced the that's 9-11 cool. show. Mm-hmm. Um, I also did uh, traffic updates and news for Metro Network, so... All the different stations. Remember the bomb back in the day? Uh-huh. I used to do the traffic. Yeah. yeah, I used to do traffic for them. A lot of Stockton stations, K-Joy. And then I... Um, You're missing one. I know. No, I, I got him. <laughs> he got your resume over there. <laughs> and then uh, I got an opportunity at Metro Networks to uh, cover the Sacramento Kings. There you go. Uh-huh. So, I was, so when you went on ESPN and they said we're going around the horn to Sacramento... We're going to Lisa Daniels at Arco Arena. All right. So that was me. And then I also did AP Radio at the same, for the same uh, venture. And I also did Fox Sports Radio with JT the Brick. And I also got to run my own radio station in uh, Sonoma. So I taught – it was public access. So I taught residents how to have, start their own shows. And we even had Very a show. Cool. My, me, myself and my son, we did The Soul of Sonoma. And the opening, the opening uh, music was the sound of Philadelphia TSOP from the mm-hmm. FSB. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> soul train, soul train. <laughs> that kind of bodes well for what you do, you know. And it's, I mean, it's a labor of love. I mean, you know, uh, after radio, I said, you know, I got to do something else. Mm. And I went and got my master's in education and working on a doctorate now. So, oh, very cool. So, I mean, you know, it's paying it forward. It's all about giving back to your community. Yes, it, does. Yes, it is. I was in Oak Park for 13 years. Loved it here. I, I'm, I'm always here. I'm always in Oak Park. I work down the street. So, I always, Oak Park has a special place in my heart. And what, what better thing to do to pay homage to not only Oak Park and African American veterans and have the exhibit right here? Yeah, absolutely. you're also here with uh, your mini me, uh, Miss Alex Alcott. Huh? Yes, yes, Alexandra. <laughs> hey, she, Alex. She always uh, hello, Alex. Oh. Say hello to the to Black, Black Talk Sacramento, Sacramento audience. Yes. Yes. 
Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? doing? We want to thank Miss Lisa Daniel again for Ms. coming Daniel. in. Yes, thank you. Unsung heroes. Unsung heroes. So oh, where, where can they reach you to donate or, or can they email you? Or? They can email me. I have a, a, a Unsung Heroes Living History Project Facebook page okay. and also on Twitter at Unsung Heroes LHP. Thank you. Thank yes, you yes, yes, yes. All right. Everybody put your hands together for Lisa Daniel. Daniel. Yes, yes, very cool. Right in this, I'm on Broadway, back of the bus, backing me up. People laughing, passing up one, passing me up. Hold the smoke, I don't partake. Beats blasted from my phone, to which they can relate. Huh? The flow escapes, even these strangers must acknowledge it. I tell them who the prophet is, and they ask for my accomplishments. Confidence, I rap stories of my life. Compliments to my confidants, I've engaged without the mic. I told my story through the night, must have done something right. Cause I got interrupted so they could say I'm nice. A little shorty started breaking whenever there was a twist. And then went a little something, something like this. He froze, arm pointed down, then he pushed his hand around. Hit himself on the head, and he thought he was dead. Then he pulled himself off the ground, hit the clap and turned around and pressed. We asked him to do it again. It's the art of rap. 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 Lyrically, I'm wittier than Walt Whitman. Not tripping over alliteration or diction. The truth of nonfiction is that figurative tales. Underground book. Underground book. Oak Park, California. Oak Park, California. I like that. Uh-huh. Historic North America. <laughs> North America. Northern California. <laughs> All right, y'all. West Coast, Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> Left Coast. All right. <laughs> All right. Our next guest is a man that's known to a lot of folks. He goes by the name of Petri Hawkins Bird. Bird was born in the neighborhood of Crown Heights in Brooklyn after graduating from Eastern District High School. He attended Hostos, is I'm saying that right? Hostos Community, Hostos Community College in the Bronx. Bird started to work as a bailiff for the Brooklyn Circuit of the City of New York court system. And in eight, 1986, he was transferred to the Family Court Division in Manhattan. It was at this particular time that he ran into a young lady by the name of Miss Judge Judith Scheinlin, who was at the time the supervising family court judge for Manhattan. In 1989, Byrd obtained a criminal justice degree from John Jay, John Jay College in New York City. A year later, he and his family moved to San Francisco, California, when he went to work for the United States Marshal Services. We're going to say welcome to Mr. Bird. Welcome. Welcome. And he can continue telling the story. So tell us, tell us, Mr. Bird. You know, we as the community around Sacramento area, Elk Grove, Sacramento, Oak Park, we see you often. But the question becomes, how does a person like Bird land on television? Wow. Um, okay, so you left off at uh, about 1989 when I got my degree, and yep. uh, in 1990 moved uh, with the family out to uh, uh, the Bay Area. Started working for the U.S. Marshal Service. Worked for them for about three and a half years, uh, and then decided to leave law enforcement and uh, kind of do my my main love, which was working with kids. And so I wound up as a campus supervisor at Monta Vista High School in Cupertino, California. 
Uh, it was while working there one day, taking my break. I happened to be reading the paper, and I happened to read about a certain judge that I know that she had written a book uh, and that they were developing a TV show for her. I decided to write a letter to congratulate her, and uh, I was kidding around at the end of the letter, and I said, hey, if you ever need a bail, if I still look good in uniform. <laughs> she called me about three weeks later and said, uh, I know you were kidding, but we uh, we do need a bailiff. It's an unscripted show, and uh, we tried it with a regular actor, and he didn't seem to know whether he was on foot or horseback, she said. And, <laughs> she said, and uh, as I recall, you kind of crazy. I said, well, I'm still kind of crazy. She said, well, if you're crazy enough to try this with me, uh, I'll recommend you for the job. Uh-huh. And the rest, as they say, is mystery. So now uh, how long ago have you, how long have you been on Judge Judy? We are currently in our 19th season. Whoa. Get on down, It's been over 18 folks. years yeah. of, of uh, standing there next to uh, Her Highness. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, what I find is so amazing is how you've taken a part such as yours, and it is, is as big as hers. Because, um, I mean, I live with my mother-in-law. Yeah, my, mother-in-law icon, huh? my mother-in-law swears by bird on George Judy. Uh-huh. You know, and, and that's a lot of people. So, yeah, you've yeah. taken a small part and made it major, man. Yeah, well, you know, it's pretty amazing, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the things that you can say silently, you know. And oh, so, you have facial expressions. So I get all these people who, like, you know, <laughs> say, uh, we, we ain't listening to Judge Judy. We, I tell my wife, I go, hey, watch bird. Watch, bird. <laughs> watch him. You'll know what he thinks. Oh, see his, see his eyebrow went up? Oh, they ain't going to win this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, you got a tail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, all the poker players want to play with me. You know, like, oh, wait a minute. His eyebrow went up, man. He bluffing. For 19 years, Peach, tell us, what, what's what, some of the most exciting things, you know, working on that show? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, uh, I get asked that question a lot, and uh, I have no real answer for it because it's Every just day. amazing. It's it. Sometimes I think the most amazing things are the things that she will say, you yeah. know. And uh, I, I know one of them was uh, she was talking to, uh, to a litigant, and uh, the litigant decided they were going into their story. And as anybody who watches the show knows, she don't really want to hear your story, you know. She's like, look, take that to Dr. <laughs> Phil. But uh, the guy was getting ready. He said, well, you know, he said, first of all, you know, uh, uh, you know, we were together back in 19. She said, look, I don't care if you two were lovers in utero. Oh, <laughs> just get to the point. Now, I, oh, I, I, just like so I was like, eyebrows in utero. utero. <laughs> okay. we, we soulmates you know, for real. Like, right. you know, break out the dictionary. Okay. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm quite sure we're in utero. Is that next, is that next to Pacifica? <laughs> so, Bird, listen, you know, everybody knows you as the bailiff, but right. lately I've been having these situations where I'm turning my TV. And you're popping up. Uh, Recently, I saw just this weekend, you were talking about cars on television. (laughs) And then I turned on something recently, and I saw you singing with an orchestra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, know, like, what you say, your grandmother said, you don't never know where I'm going to be. You don't (laughs) never know who know me, you know. So you got to be careful. You got to be careful. But, but yeah, you never know where I'm going to pop up. You know, I, I... I get calls all the time. Uh, somebody, uh, people will will hit me up on Facebook or, or on Twitter and go, "Man, I just saw your testimony on TVN." I'm like, "Yeah, I did that about ten years ago," you mm-hmm. know. But they keep using it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, the the commercial you talking about, um, uh, this guy, um, uh, he's on he's on a uh, uh, Good Day Sacramento. Uh, 
Doug the Carzar. Yeah, they yes, call him. yes. And uh, you know, just I, I've known him for years, man, and I've used his his uh, his business. And you know, his people are trained to like take care of your stuff. You know, not to price gouge you. He prides himself on you know knowing about your car, and if and if they don't know what to do with it, they will find somebody that does. So. So when he asked me uh, at, at one point to do a, I, well, I did a fundraiser for him. I I, I, um, I MC'd a fundraiser for him, and and I was quite pleased to do that. And then he asked me. He said, "Man, he said, would you mind just, you know, uh, I'm going to be doing a little commercial outside my place." And he said, uh, "You know," and it just so happens that he was taking care of my car at the time. So I said, "Oh yeah, man, I'd sure. be glad to testify <laughs> for you. Mm-hmm. You know, come use Doug. Yeah. You know, he's the man." So, uh, so and then the the singing thing. You know, well, you know you, Jerry. I, you know, Jerry and I always talk, man. We love music, and he knows. I, I, pra- I practically know the, the lyrics to every every, every song R&B song that was ever written, <laughs> and uh, and 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 I love to sing. And some folks asked me to do a, um, they asked me to sing. Uh, the the song "What a Wonderful World." Mm-hmm. And what, the first, with the orchestra, the thing right. Was well, the first time they asked me to do it with orchestra. an orchestra, so orchestra. So there was an eighty-five piece. Uh, it was the L.A. Junior Philharmonic, and so I mean that was exciting enough. You know, I'm up there funny. with a tuxedo and all this kind of stuff, and this eighty-five piece orchestra with <laughs> horns, French horns, and cellos, and all. I'm, I mean, you know. You, you you can't you can't know what that's like until you stand there and, and you, you can do see, it. You know, you know, watching him do this thing, I got a kick out of watching him be surprised about being in the city. I can't believe I'm up here. Right, right. You know, his face you is know, like, doing at, this. at you that know, point, you're like, Lord, thing. please don't let me. He was trying real hard to be cool. He even did a few, junga, 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 junga. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, he went into his Sammy Davis thing. You know? uh, it was really, really good. It's a bon point. <laughs> okay. right. Hey, I want you cats to do this. All right? And the one, and the two, shipping. Listen to this. This is what I find out how talented Petrie is, because I was at this event. It was the California Black Chamber conference probably about 10 years ago <laughs> and he went into a stand-up comedy routine oh, the man is a stand-up comic talk a little bit about that <laughs> please <laughs> well you know I, I i did that for years like on the east coast and uh and then when i moved out here things kind of died down for a while so when i got the judge judy job you know i got an agent and all that kind of stuff mm. and so the agents were like you know well what, what do, you do? you do i said well i do a lot of things you know i, I can do voiceovers and stuff like that so there was one agent that you know, didn't really think that I could do it. So I call him up one day from my car, and I go, uh, uh, hello, uh, uh, I'd like to say to you that right oh, now, oh, um, and um, <laughs> I, I'm sitting in the car uh, with Bill Cosby and, President uh, of the United States, and, 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 and Bernie Mac. You know. <laughs> Bernie, you have anything? He said, yeah, I got something I want to say. I just want to tell you something. <laughs> You just drive the car, all right? Because you ain't supposed to be talking no way. It's on my mind. I'm trying to tell you, that folks. That was good. Bill, you got to Yes, I would like to say that I'm with the president, and hey, hey, he's hey. driving the car, and I'm back here having the pudding pop. So I left this message on, on the agent's um, voicemail. And uh, little while later, he calls me back. He's all excited. He's like, Bird, where are you? I go, I'm, I'm, I'm driving in. He goes, 
who are all those people in the car with you? I go, dude, <laughs> I'm by myself. <laughs> okay. But I think that tells you, you that I can I, yeah. Yeah, I think that tells you I can handle some yeah. voiceover. Give me the mic. Yeah. That's it. Show wow. me the mic. That was man. really good. Okay. Wow. So Mr. Bird. Yes, sir. You are entertainment. You know, but there's another side of Bird that I don't know that a lot of people really know. Uh, Bird is very, very active in the community, working yeah, with yeah. young people. Uh, he's very active in church, and he's he's just out there, and he has a special care when it comes to people. You want to talk to us a little bit about what you think is happening with our young folks, or what do you think they're thinking? Man, uh, I, I'll, I'll just give you this, this little uh, tidbit. Thanksgiving... Um, uh, well, the day before Thanksgiving, my son, my oldest son, called me up, and he's like, "Hey, Dad, uh, where are the homeless people uh, in uh, in the community and stuff? You know, in, in Sacramento." I said, "Well, son, you know, we've done this practically every year. You know, since you were little, you know, since you guys were little, I've always, you know, we don't do Christmas, we don't do Thanksgiving unless we go and take care of the people in the community first. I said, "So just remember where we went." And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, like, down by loaves and fishes and stuff. I go, yeah, you know, you're going to find plenty of folks who need down there. So he comes over to the house. He, uh, he uh, decide, they, they decided, he and his girlfriend decided to make, like, a, a hundred sandwiches and stuff. So they, they put them together at the house the night before. Next day, about six of his friends come over, and they all go down to C Street to pass out these lunches, you know. And, um, and so I got in my car real quick because I was like, no, I'm missing an opportunity. So I grabbed my camera, got in the car, went down there so I could get pictures of them doing this. Because what I wanted to do was I wanted to post these pictures on my Facebook page and say, hey, excuse me, Mr. Officers, Mr. You know, Mr. Potential uh, uh, Employer, uh, you know, Dean of Schools or, or, or anybody who doesn't understand our children, I want you to see mm. that this is what they grow up to mm-hmm. be. You know, this is who they are. They're not thugs, mm-hmm. and, and they're not out here just, uh, you know, forgetting the, the strides that were made for them. You know, I, I think that our young, at, at a certain point, we have to make sure that we remind them of who they are, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and I think... Um, I'm 57 years old. I, I, I think my generation dropped the ball. Mm. You know, I think that we didn't emphasize enough to them um, the sacrifices that were made and then talk to them about what is required of them. You know, you know, the, the Bible says to whom much is given, much is much is required. And so we don't have a right to just you know, give it up like that and say, well, okay, you know, we have the right to vote, but since we don't seem to have anybody to vote for, um, then I just won't vote. No, you don't have a right to do that. There were too many sacrifices. Too many people had dogs sicked on them and mm-hmm. hoses turned on them and hung from trees. You know, there's no excuse for you to have mm-hmm. for you to have this opportunity. You know, uh, you don't have a right to go to school and make. Pardon my French, half-ass marks. No. Mm-hmm. You don't have you don't have that right mm-hmm. because too many people. there was a there, too many people sacrificed so that you could go to any school you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't want to go to school, that's your choice too, yes. and there are consequences for that too. But if there's an opportunity for you to go to school, not only should you go to school, you should go to school and be the best in there. You should be top of your class because. You know, we already know this that we got to run twice as hard and, and twice as far to get half half the way down. Sure. So, 
those things are things that we have to continue to impress upon our youth. But I'm here to tell you, I'm here to testify that Thanksgiving night, it all came to a head. Uh, my generation, at least six or seven people from my generation, got an opportunity to talk to six or seven young black men in their uh, mid to late 20s mm-hmm. about what's going on. And we discussed with them everything, mm-hmm. what, was, what was going on in Ferguson, uh, yeah. the, the Eric Garner uh, incident, mm-hmm. you know, was, was fresh in their mind then, um, you know, uh, Oscar Grant and those things. Mm-hmm. But not only that, what is your responsibility? If you don't have anybody to vote for, how come you're not running? Mm-hmm. What's to stop you from running? You know, well, you you approach it from a different perspective too. I mean, from a dual perspective, because you used to be an officer, right? Right. So, right. so how do right. you feel about what's black going man on? first? Mm. <laughs> black man first. You know, mm. I, I I I was black a lot longer than was I a was an officer. You know, right? Right. I, I was telling somebody. I said, you right. know, you know, Black Fridays. I said, I figure at 57 years old, I had about 2,964 Black Fridays <laughs> and Black Sundays and Black Mondays right, right, and Black right, right. <laughs> I was a day black. I ain't new to this. I ain't new to this. I'm true hours a day. Black, 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 black. So, I've been so, black you know, a while. And, and, and I'm not bringing it either. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. If God gave me an opportunity and asked me if I, what I wanted to be again, mm-hmm. I'd be it would black be all black over again. all over Very again. Good. Because yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, remember back in the day, we used to have commercials used to tell us that. <laughs> yeah. Why to Wazuri use Afro shade? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we watched Soul Train, all the commercials was us. You know what I'm saying? We were like, oh, man, we beautiful. Right, and so no, so we had, you know, so we have to we have to bring that back. Yeah. Okay, and I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you another another soapbox I'm on. I'm gonna say this. You can y'all Please can be do. mad at me, you can do whatever you want, but I'm gonna say it. Say it. Unity, self-determination, collective work and responsibility, cooperative economics, mm, creativity, purpose. Uh, and faith. Mm-hmm. Say it. Seven principles. Seven principles of Kwanzaa. Yeah. I am so tired, so tired of people telling me when I mention Kwanzaa, oh, that's that made up holiday. Excuse me. All of them made up. They're all made up. They're all made up holiday. What like the earth came okay. with? Okay. Okay. You know, okay. you know, Easter Bunny. Columbus Day, we celebrate a guy who <laughs> got lost. I right. Used to do Kwanzaa. Right. Okay. Oh, you know, Called him Kwanzaa. Indians, right? Because you know, <laughs> like, oh, he thought he was an Indian. And then I get, oh, well, well. See, that's because they're trying to take, they trying to take, uh, uh, take away Christmas. I said, no. No, 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 you got it wrong. No, it starts first after money on First of all, if you celebrated Christmas the way you're supposed to, <laughs> you wouldn't be worried about Walmart. You wouldn't be worried about all this money and, 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 Black and Friday. not getting a gift. It ain't Black your birthday Friday. anyway, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like, look, start celebrating something that means something mm-hmm. to you, that will teach your children something, yeah. that every day you can place into their spirit mm-hmm. something, something that they're going to carry through the rest of the year. And if we start to live out those principles, mm-hmm. oh, our people, man, so, th- so this there's, is, this there's is not anything so, we can So do. Kwanzaa's coming up, Christmas yeah. Christmas time. Happy, 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 Merry Christmas and Merry happy Christmas. Kwanzaa. ding dong. So, um, <laughs> so, um, so when, when, did you, when did you first start um, celebrating Kwanzaa? Uh, I'm from Brooklyn. And we started celebrating Kwanzaa. My family started celebrating Kwanzaa. We were involved with a with an uh, African um, 
uh, cultural institution back there called mm. Uhuru Sasa, which oh. means Freedom Now. And uh, we started celebrating Kwanzaa, oh my God, 57, uh, mm, before my daughter was born, so it's been over 30 years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Yeah. And then I got out here to California and things kind of ceased. And I was like, what's up? Yeah, it's not I said, wait a minute. The guy, who invent, the, guy who, the guy who created it is <laughs> from California. Was from California, you know? And, uh, we you laid know, back but, here, you but know. Where, where I could, you know, find a Kwanzaa celebration, I always did. And, okay. and Sacramento, I've been, I've been blessed to go to a Kwanzaa celebration every year. Yeah, that's at very the, um, It's about three or four or five of them around. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I usually go to the one. At the um, big church one? No, no, no. It's the one on Del Del Paso, no, Del Paso Boulevard, the the art gallery. Oh, uh, for Kumba. The, right, the Kumba, Kumba collection. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and okay. so and so um, they manage to do it every year. Some kind of way they manage to get it together every year. Mm-hmm. And I show up, and you know, I I would love it if that celebration or if some of these celebrations that are going on this year just had. More participants come down. Yeah. You know, one year they had it at That's the everything Art across Museum. the board. I, I, I emceed one at the Crocker Art mm-hmm. Museum, and man, I was just so thrilled that mm-hmm. the Crocker Art that Museum was the first embraced it. Would, yeah. would, would embrace it. But mm-hmm. but this is something that we have to embrace and we have to take hold of. Yeah. You know, much as holiday, we have to yeah. do with our businesses and our education and everything, mm-hmm. we have we have a responsibility to ourselves mm-hmm. to do this. You know, we can't look for somebody else to do this and nor should we look for anybody else to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard you guys talking earlier and and you know, a lot of times man, you know, I'm not a conservative, but I really believe that we have to uh, embrace our own destiny. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. there has to be self-determination. It has to exist in our community where we determine who we're going to be. We we identify ourselves. We talked about that earlier where, where the only reason why they're shooting us is because they don't see themselves in us. So and they won't. Right. So that's what I'm saying. We need our own cops. Yeah. And we need we need our own people oh, yeah. that's, that oh, yeah. that patrol ourselves because we will only patrol we will only protect and serve ourselves. Right. So I, hey, we need to respect ourselves. Yeah. That's what, yeah. oh, that's, gosh, that's, that's what you was alluding to earlier, a yeah. couple you seconds ago. You can't expect no one to see <laughs> Here we go. you. You can't expect people to see you in a light that you don't see yourself in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's if you right. think it, you know, like go in the neighborhood and you see a lawn. If there's garbage on that lawn, everybody that comes past that lawn is going to dump on that lawn. Mm-hmm. If you keep your lawn clean, right. they're gonna hold on to their garbage so they get to where they want to go. Right. So I'm saying and the that first things first is take care of your lawn. Hello, first mm-hmm. things first. first take care of your, your take care of your people. Mm-hmm. Respect take your care people. Ourselves. It's, it's right. very, you know, it's love, your, love yourself. Love yourself. You know, the very, Bible says love 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 others as you love yourself. So the first the first law the first rule mm-hmm. is that you love you. Mm-hmm. You know, and right. then and then you can spread that love to somebody else. Well, you know, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, so, uh, do you have any uh, projects coming up that you want to promote to um, our audience? I uh, there's a there's a project that I'm continually involved with called the OK Program. Uh, go online. Uh, OK Kids. Letters O K, uh, which stands for Our Kids. The letters OK Program dot org. Go in there, take a look, uh, see what we're doing with the OK program. Uh, It is a black male mentorship program, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to um, uh, take responsibility as black men 
for the upbringing and the education of our of our young African American males. And so um, there's there's an opportunity for people to invest in the OK program. It's like sixty bucks for the year. Now I know that sounds like a lot of money. Okay, but if you drinking one of those triple latte mocha local choca laca yaya, okay, at, at Starbucks somewhere, <laughs> you can give up one of those and and give us five dollars a month mm-hmm. uh, to change the lives of of young mm-hmm. black males. And um, and besides, I saw a commercial the other day for uh, uh, the, the ASPCA. And they were crying about Fluffy. And yeah. I, I was out of the room. I didn't realize Fluffy was a dog until I came back in. He was asking me for about $19 a month. I went, wait a minute. I'm asking for $5 a month for a black male. You know what I'm saying? Can we, you know? So, you know, folks, you, you, you'd have an opportunity. Again, it's the okprogram.org. And, uh, you know, just just look for me everywhere, man. I'm, I'm, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Uh, I think it's uh, – Bird the bailiff on on Twitter, um, and uh, it's uh, Petri Bird, Petri Hawkins Bird on uh, on uh, Facebook, and just just hit me up, you know. And I'm easily accessible, you know. If you're walking in Target or Walmart around here, you'll see me. Hey. <laughs> there ain't no place I don't go. <laughs> Thank you, Patreon. Thank you, Thank you put your hands together. Thank you, Bird, great, for coming man. by. So that so, has been Black Talk number six. Number My name six. is Nsa. I am Antonio Harvey. I'm Jerry Gossett, y'all. All right. And that has been Black Talk number six. We are here at Underground Books. And if you want to know um, Kwanzaa events, you can go to blacktalksacramento.com and click on Kwanzaa, and all the events are listed there. We're going to have some Martin Luther King events on there as well. So everything is all I'm um, sorted out. So, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. New Year, you all. And Love Kwanzaa. you all. Thank you. Happy Kwanzaa, too. Enjoyed this, too. And we see you next year. See you next year. See you next year. They said these dreams won't get you far Well I disagree Looking past all consolations Picture me Omnipotent reflection Looking up in introspection Wonder if I'm headed In the right or wrong direction Asking if I'm happy And should I reconsider Goals are only possible For those that ain't quit As far back as I remember Always been a great beginner Working on closure Bringing edges to the center Holes in my existence Follow the list Follow the figure Bad habits I'll never know Blue on the poor sinner Harness my thoughts Swim in the sea of pictures Challenge creates change So I conquer the discord Yes I have rich Friends and family that's pissed poor But I have broke friends and family that's rich or And character, love, and positive energy And they live coast to coast Growth is my centerpiece Change the four walls of my thoughts Soak the perceptions, liquor, and preconceived notions Of the almighty American dream Sober mind, I blow smoke to blur my vision We believe in fairy tales, not necessarily their stories But the principles demand characters infused in the background Huge home, bigger dead, empty rooms With no space at all for love So children remain stationary Collecting dust like furniture in a room that no one is allowed to entertain. I can see them in my reflection. Moved around the town before I moved across the country. Grandma raised me because my mom didn't want me. Look forward to holidays before I learned how to take breaks. My mistakes stemmed from believing I'd escape. My poverty would bother me when I moved further away. I'm running the pain even though I wanted to stay. Abandoned in the taps, I looked the same way. Skipping rocks on a hip-hop dock at a bay. Rolling stone couldn't be alone if I kept walking. Empty stairs measure speech when I started talking. Taking care of the business between the family tree. And I lost the only person who could take care of me. And I pushed away all the people that wanted that road. Learned to love myself before giving away that control. And so I discovered my passion. Teaching arts and activism. Turned my dreams into action.
Fancy vehicles transported nothing relevant to progression. I don't understand what picket fences could ever protect us from. What it means to have 2.5 children or the reason behind the appointed colors of the flag. The strange each of the little girls stare with ponies, black and white patterns in a black and white dying society. How can we ever be delivered from a great mindset?